Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Dave Hall. I am your host. If you are looking for top tier retirement education, you are in the right place. And I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to spend time with us as we try to educate you on the various risks you're going to face during retirement. I know there is a lot going on right now. I know there are many other things that you could be doing with your time. So I'm very grateful that you're spending your time with us as we try to cover topics that are important to you. As I try to go through various interviews with experts that understand many of the things that you want to know about. And today is one of those shows where we will be talking with Whitney Nash. She is the owner of National Self-Directed. Many of you have had questions in regards to self-directed plans. You know that if you've gone on my webinars, you know that I teach a class on various self-directed ideas. I don't go into the detail that someone like Whitney can go into. So we thought it would be fun today to bring her onto our podcast and to give her an opportunity to share some more information than I am able to share during the one webinar that I teach. So Whitney, with that, welcome to the show. Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to reconnect. Whitney and I have known each other probably for about a year now. We both uh, hit one of the platforms that we teach on about the same time and had some communications back then, obviously, where I educate and I really focus broadly on various topics. It was important for me to connect with people that had the experience in the areas and could actually put the rubber to the road, that they could actually put the plans in place that I was talking about. And Whitney does that through her company, National Self-Directed. Whitney, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about your company and what it is you do. Sure. As Dave mentioned, I am the president and CEO of National Self-Directed, and I am a self-directed solo 401k plan provider and retirement consultant. So that means I help small business owners and independent contractors, people with income from self-employment, adopt their own 401k plan. Because as you know, people who work for a large employer, they have their access to their employer's 401k. But when you're in business for yourself, you need to be your own plan sponsor and have your own plan in place so that you can still contribute to a 401k as an individual. And it is different than a self-directed IRA. That's something everyone should know out there that many of you have heard about self-directed IRAs. A lot of uh, companies out there in the industry that are focusing on the IRA, but the solo 401k and the self-directed solo 401k is substantially different than that. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And I am familiar with those. I offer those plans as well. But the self-directed IRA is ideal for people who have accumulated retirement savings in like a 401k for a number of years. And then they roll that into a self-directed IRA because the contribution limits for IRAs are much smaller than a solo 401k. So when you have income from self-employment, that's when you actually qualify for a self-directed solo 401k. With an IRA, you don't have to have income from self-employment. The solo K you do. So that's why it's more part of the accumulation stage. And then, of course, it can be converted to a self-directed IRA when you do stop working. What are you seeing from an overall standpoint? Are you seeing more people going into the self-directed direction, especially as we have things like cryptocurrency? We have other assets that people are wanting to invest in. Is it becoming more and more popular or where does the industry currently stand? Yes, I do see it becoming more popular, um, not only because of the asset class diversification that both plans offer, 
but the self-direction, having checkbook control is really important to people. They like the stock market, but they also like real estate as well as cryptos. And then also with the business owner, because we're seeing more and more people go into business for themselves and then more people having like side gigs where they have a full-time W-2 job, but then they also have a side business. And then with the side business, they can adopt the solo K and contribute to that as well. And as we are seeing the numbers increase, I think it's very important, but something else people should remember, solo 401ks or self-directed 401k, they're not for everyone. That's something we need to understand too, that all of you are not going to be able to do this. I know one of the options that's been out there for a long time for business owner is a SEP plan, self-employed pension plan, SEP IRA. What's the big difference between a SEP plan that many people are maybe familiar with and this solo 401k plan that uh, we're talking about today? One of the key things is SEP IRAs, you are allowed to have full-time W-2 employees and contribute to it. With the solo 401k, it is as it says. It's for one participant. So just the business owner, their spouse, or business partner who earns income from the business does not negate eligibility. They can actually have their own account and contribute to the plan as well. But if you have W-2 employees working more than 1,000 hours per year, then the SEP is the way you would need to go. But otherwise, if you fall within that eligibility requirement of no W-2 employees, the solo 401k is going to be much more beneficial. So one thing that the SEP does not allow for are loans. The solo K allows for loans to be taken out up to $50,000 or 50% of the balance in the account, whichever is less. Repayment terms and interest do apply. With the SEP IRA, you can only contribute as profit sharing. The solo 401k, you can contribute profit sharing and salary deferral. And the main reason why this is so important is because with salary deferral, there's a catch-up contribution. So if you're 50 or over, then you can contribute an additional $6,500 for 2022 to the plan. That salary deferral option also allows for Roth contributions because profit sharing cannot be contributed after tax. It must be contributed pre-tax. So the Solo K offers the Roth option, and then it also offers voluntary after-tax contributions, which can then be converted to the Roth account. Also, when investing in real estate, if you do that through the SEP IRA, you could be subject to unrelated debt-financed income tax, whereas with the Solo 401k, you're not. And the filing requirements are also simpler. So for a SEP IRA, it requires Form 5498 and an annual valuation of certain assets, where the solo K only requires Form 5500 if the balance in the plan is over $250,000 as of December 31st. So let me break some of this down. We covered a lot of information there. And for you listeners, just to make sure we're all on the same page and that we're clear of what's going on here. Now, if you've got multiple employees, obviously someone could do a regular 401k if they wanted to do that, to incur the costs that are associated with that, run a typical plan like a large corporation would. But if you're a small employer and saying, look, all there is from an employee standpoint, myself, maybe my spouse, House, maybe a business partner, now I've got a great option to have more flexibility, to have some Roth option inside of there, to be able to maybe put more money in there, depending on my age, than I've had historically with the set plan. Set plans maybe work very well for people over a period of time, but now all of a sudden we have this other option. 
Whitney, I know one of the issues that, that many people have, and maybe one of the reasons they've historically gone to a SEP plan, it, it's very inexpensive. You know, it doesn't cost people a lot of money necessarily to put a SEP together. If you're talking about a full-fledged 401k, that could be quite expensive if you're looking at all the testing and everything that's got to be done if you've got a number of employees. But it's my understanding that the solo 401k kind of sits in the middle there. It's like, yeah, it may cost you a little bit more than a set plan is going to, but the reality is when we look at the benefits and the opportunity to accumulate and all the great things it can do from a, a tax-free or a taxable standpoint, well worth the, the investment for that. What are some of your thoughts as you look at where it falls from a cost standpoint? Well, from a cost standpoint, since this is not a plan for employees like a traditional 401k would be, there are no testing requirements. It does not fall under ERISA rules. They feel as if this plan is for you, you're the participant, you should be able to look out for yourself, right? So the fees associated with my 401k plan is very cost-effective. So I just have a one-time upfront fee. It's $9.99 to create the plan. And then an annual ongoing fee of $149. That's it. Wow. So any other fees associated would be like if you have the funds under investment management with an investment advisor, then that person would have their assets under management fee for monitoring everything. But for example, if you just have everything in like a trust checking account and you're investing in, say, real estate, then there are no other fees associated with it unless the bank is charging you fees for some reason. But that's unusual too. Very reasonable when you look at it uh, and the flexibility, the benefits, again, comparing it to a traditional 401k where you would have to file a 5,500 and you would have to pay those fees and the testing fees and everything associated with that. Very nice to know that this product's out there, that there's an opportunity for business owners to start putting money aside. Now, let me make another clarification here, make sure we're all on the same page. Solo 401k can be done without necessarily self-directing everything. Is that correct or no? Are they you know, two different uh, solo 401ks, a product that you can self-direct or are they both combined? My plans are designed to allow for self-direction. I do realize that there are people out there that might not want to self-direct. They don't have time to watch the stock market, for example. So yes, you can go to a brokerage platform and have your investment advisor manage this kind of plan as long as their platform allows for a self-directed solo 401k. So not all of the big firms do that, but I do help guide my clients so that they can find a solution for that. And I think that's something that we need to understand too. When we're talking self-directed, it doesn't always mean that all of our assets are under our responsibility. I think what you're bringing up here is really a great concept as we look at it. That, hey, maybe we're trying to save up a bunch of money to go into a real estate property that we want to put inside of here. So it's going to take us two or three or four years, whatever the case may be, to build up enough assets. But during that time, we could have an investment manager managing those funds, helping us make money on it as long as we're following the guidelines. And then when we get done with the, the growth phase, hey, we move it over, we manage the real estate, we do what we can do in that self-directed. Agree with that? And I see that happen all the time. Exactly. You bring up a good point. So if you're investing in real estate through the plan, you do want to make sure that you have enough in there to pay ongoing expenses. So you wouldn't want to just have like, say, $100,000 in there and put $100,000 towards like a rental property. You maybe put in 50000 towards the rental property from your account and then get a non-recourse loan, which is the only kind of loan that the Solo K plan can legally have 
to help cover the rest of the costs. And then that way you have the cushion to pay taxes and maintenance and insurance and every other cost associated with the rental property. And then that income, the rents, and when you go to sell the property, all of that goes back into the account as part of your retirement savings. When you look at it across the board with people and where they are from a flexibility standpoint, really some huge benefits, those of you who are listening to to the options that are here. And also, as we talk about this again, remember, it's not a one product option. It's not just, hey, I'm going to put real estate in there and I'm done. I'm going to put everything in cryptocurrency and I'm done. See it all the time where people have multiple assets inside of there. And just like you're mentioning, hey, if you've got an asset that's going to require some additional expenses, we don't want to run out of money and end up in a situation where we may put the plan at risk. We've got to make sure we've got plenty of assets in there. So we have, may have multiple buckets inside of there and that's okay. And I would assume from your side of putting them together, that's pretty standard to see multiple buckets inside of there consistently. Yes, because that's one of the draws of this is the asset class diversification within this plan. One thing else to point out, too, is if somebody has a pre-tax retirement account from a previous employer or an old IRA or whatever, they can roll that into this account to help increase those funds as well. So they can kind of combine but still be diversified into the different asset classes. What a great option as we look at it. Medicare insurance can be overwhelming. And you may have lots of questions. We have teamed up with Medicare Compare USA to get your questions answered. Visit MedicareCompareUSA.com forward slash retirement risk advisors for a complimentary Medicare insurance consultation today. Let's talk a little bit now about the tax side of this. You had mentioned that you can set Roths up inside of here versus a, a set plan where you cannot do a Roth at this point. There are some provisions out there where they've talked about changing that rule. But right now, as we're doing this podcast, it's not something that's available What do you see people doing currently as an advisor who talks about the future of tax rates? I am a big fan of putting money into the Roth investment because it's my belief that taxes have got to go up. Are you seeing your clients have that similar belief or or where are people at on this topic? Yes, I see that. People do see the value in the Roth option, as do I, of course. A lot of times what I'm seeing is with the business owners, one of the key benefits for them to do this is the tax savings today then they know that they can roll it into the Roth account and pay the tax on it, of course, maybe in a few years. Not in retirement, do it so that there's still the tax-free growth, but today they're looking for the tax savings. So because the solo 401k has such a large contribution limit, people want to maximize that to save on their taxes today because it can really make a huge difference because it shaves off their taxable income. So like this year, the annual limit, depending on how much they make, is 61000 for people under 50 or 67500 for those who are 50 and over. So, I mean, that's really substantial savings if they can put that much into their account, take it off their taxable income, and then reduce their tax liability. Because wouldn't you rather take money from your left pocket, put it into your right pocket, instead of give it to Uncle Sam? 
So that's what I'm seeing, kind of a balance of that to answer your question. Absolutely. So it brings up a couple of other questions as we look at this. Let's talk first about the contribution limits. So we've got a $61,000 contribution. That's made up of different contributions going in. Is that correct? We've got an employee portion of that. We've got an employer portion of that. And there's got to be wages to go up to whatever you're putting in. You can't just say, hey, I'm going to pay $10,000 of wages and put $61,000 in my retirement account. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. So yes, the employee contribution would be the salary deferral and then the employer is the profit sharing. So the way it works is you can put in up to 20500 for 2022 of salary deferral. And then you can do an additional 6500 if you're 50 or over, assuming you have made that much from self-employment income. And then for people who are sole proprietors, or, you know, just straight LLCs, they can do 20% of their earnings from self-employment as profit sharing. But the combined limit of the salary deferral amount plus that 20% profit sharing cannot exceed those limits, the 61 or the 67,500. And then for people who are taxed as an S-corp or a C-corp, then it's 25% of the salary that they have paid themselves. So if the business made 200000 but they only paid themselves as W-2 wages of 100000 then it's 25% of 100000 plus the salary deferral. So as long as they don't exceed those limits, they can do that much. What's nice about this as well is people can change how much they contribute from year to year. They don't have to put in the maximum. It's just the most that they can do. They can do whatever fits their budget. And like I said, it can change from year to year. So if you have a business that can kind of be cyclical, go up and down, like as a realtor, for example, then you just base it off of your income, not what you made last year. I'm a big proponent of these plans when you look at them across the board, if you're eligible to be able to take advantage of all the these benefits, because you're right. As a business owner, you don't know year to year what your business is going to look like. You may have a great year. You may have a pandemic hit. Next year, you're, you're losing money. And so to have the flexibility to say, look, it's not costing me a fortune to keep this thing going and put together. If I put a lot of money in, great. If I don't, that's okay for the year. I do have the freedom to be able to do that and I can use it for my planning. I did want to come back with to one of the comments you had made before in regards to many people putting the money in now and taking the deduction. And I understand that as a CPA, I've seen it for decades where people are saying, look, I, I need that deduction now. I'm trying to get my income down so I can save for my retirement, and get that money in there. You'd also mentioned that they do have that opportunity to take money back out maybe a year or two down the road, that maybe three years, four years down the road, they can do conversions. So, I mean, there's a provision in there to allow for in-service distribution out of the plan, which are important and something that those of you listening need to understand that if you've got a traditional 401k plan and there's no in-service distribution rules, you're stuck. I mean, if you've got money in a large corporate plan and you haven't retired yet and you're still working, you're not getting that money out. You're not going to be able to do maybe some Roth conversions or other types of things with this, but it sounds like here you've got some freedom there and the way these things are being structured to where people do have the ability, if things start changing for them, see a window of opportunity to get into a Roth environment, they'd be able to do that. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that is accurate. So my plans do offer that kind of conversion option and opportunity. At any point, I provide the documentation that they can record that 
and obviously they would need to report it properly on their taxes. One thing as well with the voluntary after-tax, so like I was explaining, let's just keep it at the 61000 to make it easy. If someone only made enough to where they can contribute, for example, 40000 they haven't reached that 61000 limit yet, but they might have the wherewithal, the income to be able to contribute that much if they wanted. So what this allows for is the voluntary after-tax where they can do the difference. So that additional, what, 21000 can go in voluntary after-tax, and then you want to convert that right away to the Roth account so that as it grows, that growth is also tax-free in retirement. As I know you're aware, the voluntary after-tax, the difference between that and the Roth is... It goes in after tax, just like the Roth, but the earnings and growth are taxable when they're withdrawn. So if you put them into the Roth account right away, and then they grow through the Roth account, then of course the earnings and the basis are all tax-free in retirement. And what Whitney's explained there is what we call a mega backdoor Roth. That's what it, the industry calls it, I guess. I wouldn't say that I call it that. I mean, I do because the industry does. I didn't coin the name. It came from the industry itself. There are some provisions out there that may take it away. Right now, it's still available. But she's brought up some very important points as we close here that I want to make sure you understand. You know, from a self-directed side, great opportunity. She's done a great job helping you understand the way that they work. But if you've got any type of 401k, you really want to make sure you have in-service distribution options and you have after-tax contribution options. As long as your plan's structured with those things, you have a lot more freedom than you otherwise would. And she's talked about the benefits of both of these from being able to deal with your money during your working years, moving it into other accounts and being able to take advantage of what we call the mega backdoor Roth conversion and the way that's being done. Whitney, thank you so much for being with us today. Very happy that you're able to come on to the show, share your knowledge, your experience. For those that are wanting to get in contact with you, how is the best way for them to learn more? I know you've got a bunch of webinars, a bunch of educational tools out there. How can they get access to this information? Sure. The best way to start would be going to my website, where you can view the webinars. I have a lot of blog posts with a ton of information, my contact information. You can schedule a call with me through there. The website is nationalsd.com, but it's spelled a little differently. It's spelled N-A-S-H-I-O-N-A-L-S as in self, D as in directed.com. Thank you very much for being on our show today. Sure. Thank you for having me. Please join me next week where I will have another guest with me to talk about the various topics that you're interested in that will help you reduce or eliminate the various risks you will face during your retirement. Thanks for listening to The Retirement Risk Show. Join us next week for more details on how you can better reduce the risks facing your retirement.